seven-year-old and her clitoris. That's what we're going to talk about today. Woohoo! Over the next few minutes, you're going to learn how to talk to your seven-year-old about their clitoris. And welcome back to Sitting in a Car. I'm Sarah Sproul and I sit in the car with you each week answering a question to help you raise your confident and caring young person to respect themselves and the people around them. And Sitting in a Car has a new home. I am sitting in a different car because my last car got to the end of its uh, useful life. It has been with me through all the children being small and throwing food around and all the things. So this is a new era of sitting in a car and welcome. So let's read out the whole question. How do I talk to my seven-year-old daughter about the anatomy of her vulva? We've talked about her labia, but she asked specifically what her clitoris was and I didn't know what to say. And the answer to this question this week comes from the growth pillar inside the Evolved Family Method. And you know that all the work I do is based on the Evolved Family Method. And the growth pillar is the section in the method where we're talking about age-appropriate, sort of age-appropriate conversations with children. And I'm using that word age-appropriate in quotation marks, marks marks if you're on the podcast you can't see my hands moving but they're moving because um this idea of information being age appropriate has been used in the past to sort of limit what adults feel comfortable talking about with children but there are so many wonderful things we can talk about with kids and certainly inside the evolved family method we uh, talk about how we layer on information over time so that complicated and more difficult subjects which maybe we can't talk about till our children are older we're laying the foundation of those so they're easier those conversations are easier when the time comes so most parents or many parents anyway if they come up with came across this question about um what is my clitoris or what is that part called um might either pretend they don't know or um, say or imagine that their child will learn about that at school or deflect their interest into something else that they're more comfortable talking about. Maybe they start feeling a little bit worried um, that if they answer the question, what will the parents around them, um, their child at school think because our kid knows something that their kids don't know. And you know, I completely understand. It makes absolute sense um, why many parents would have that response or think those thoughts because most of us were brought up without um, an environment where adults talked freely about things to do with genitals and sex and babies and bodies and puberty and all those things. So we don't have um, a model of what conversations like this looks like with young children. And I'm thinking particularly about the clitoris because the clitoris is about pleasure, right? And conversations about pleasure are something that many, many adults find difficult to have with kids. So I've learned that when parents default to um, ask, answering questions or not being able to answer questions uh, because they're going on what they remember um, being done for them when they were a child, there's this effect that comes into play, which I call the courageous and tongue-tied parent. So we are courageously wanting to do the best we can for our child and at the same time we're not really sure how to make this different to what we had when we were young. We might feel guilty that we don't know what to say, we might feel unsure about the words to use or anxious around or how do we start a sentence like this anyway. 
And then there's always that big chestnut about, well, what if we take away our kids' innocence by doing this wrong? So in this episode, we are going to talk about um, how to have a conversation about a clitoris with a seven-year-old so that we move away from this traditional, courageous, tongue-tied parent um, habit and move over to being able to create an evolved communicating family. So point one, when our child asks us what is that and points to their clitoris, uh, we can say, that's your clitoris. It sounds simple, right? But um, we may have in our head a judgment of that word that, oh, if we say that word, um, our child is going to feel weird or awkward. When the reality of it is, we might feel a little bit weird or awkward, possibly because maybe even as an adult, we have trouble talking about a clitoris, particularly if we have one in, on our body. Um, maybe we haven't really learnt fully for ourselves how we can talk about our clitoris, particularly if we're negotiating something about our own pleasure with an adult partner in our life. The reason why we are talking specifically about the clitoris and not just saying, oh, that's your vulva, is uh, because that's what we do with other parts of our human body, right? So this is my head, but there are so many different parts of my head. I wouldn't just call this my head, that's your head to my child because they also have a mouth which they use to speak and eat food. These are their eyes to help them see. These are their ears. They can hear for things, nose for smelling and sometimes your nose gets sick and all that. So in other parts of our body, we talk specifically about what the parts are called. So we can do that for our vulva too because we are trying to treat that part of the human body the same as we would treat other parts of the human body. Point two, it's super important to talk about what the clitoris does, what its purpose is. Um, and the clitoris's purpose is to feel nice. That's its job. Its job is to feel nice. So we can say to our child, you know, there are lots of different parts of our body that can help us feel happy and, and feel nice. Like our, um, our whole body can feel nice if we're jumping on the trampoline with a friend of ours and we're enjoying that sensation. Uh, our body can feel nice if we run into the sea if we like to swim. Our body can feel nice if we're eating nice food or drinking our favorite milkshake flavor. And our body can also feel nice if we are touching our clitoris. Of course, many of you, as you heard me say this, would be saying, oh, you know, straight away thoughts come into your head about we need to make sure that our child um, knows that that's just for them. And absolutely. And you can say, and this part of your body is just for you and nobody else gets to touch it. It's your special place. Point number three, we can mention that not everybody feels comfortable talking about the clitoris because when we're educating our child about their body, we're also educating them about the way the world might see their body. And certainly in the case of the clitoris, there are many, many adults in the world who don't feel comfortable using the word clitoris or maybe don't even know the word. So we could say to our seven-year-old when they're saying, what's that part? We might say, that's your clitoris. Its job is to feel nice. It's for you to touch. You don't let anyone else touch it when you're a kid. And um, do you know, there are some adults that don't even know the name of that part, um, mainly because some people feel that it's embarrassing or worrying to talk about that part of our body. But in our family, we talk about all the parts because we know it's important to give kids information about their awesome body. And the whole point of that, I mean, we're not just doing it to fill in time. We're doing it to reduce stigma and shame around that part of 
um, our child's body. Because when our child has less shame and less stigma, then they're more able to speak up for what their needs are, um, whether that's in a future intimate relationship, whether in an adult, or whether that's to do with coming to us to tell us that something is wrong or doesn't feel right. Okay, so you've just learned how to talk about the clitoris with a seven-year-old if they're asking you what that is, or even if they're not asking you what that is. You can use all these points to have a comfortable conversation in your family too. But you know what? Having this information isn't necessarily enough. And I want to just reassure you that if you're still feeling like, oh, I don't think I can have a conversation like this, it may be because... Um, you haven't learned how to manage your feelings of awkwardness or worry around conversations about this, and that's not your fault. Or maybe you don't have the practical um, communication skills yet to start conversations about this part of um, being human and raising a child. And none of that is your fault. Uh, we all need support and information and practice, really, to develop all the parts that go into having conversations about sensitive stuff with the child or children in our care. And that's what the Evolved Family Method does. So if you're interested in learning the whole method, you can reach out to me by email or DM me on Instagram or Facebook, and um, I'll let you know the next time the Evolved School opens. And that's Sitting in a Car for Another Week, where I've answered a question to help you raise your confident and caring young person to respect themselves and the people around them. Bye for now. I had a child who was up till 2.30 last night. Tiring. The clocks went forward. Oh, always so tiring, right? Parenting is hard. Parenting is very hard.